Every time we think we're out, some ACC president brings us back in. Stanford and Cal still on the table. Gilio and I try to figure out what exactly is going on here. And if the math is mathin, we'll also get into some fantasy football. The Carolina Panthers close out their preseason against the Detroit Lions. We're just looking for some positive vibes only. Speaking of those vibes, thanks to everybody who's given us five stars on their favorite podcast platform. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, get on that. You, you can see the fun and frivolity of our little studio space here at Eford Studios. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. I wonder if the ACC is using Copiers Plus. I feel like there's document management with grant of rights and signing of contracts potentially for Cal and Stanford going back and forth, right? Can you imagine how much money the ACC could be saving that they could redistribute to member schools if they got their print management costs <laughs> under control, Joe? The ACC would not be in this situation if they had consulted copiers-plus.com. It's that simple. And you could do the same thing too. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. So overnight, the college football national tastemakers all had like almost in coordination, hmm. all tweeted out, hey, 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 Cal Stanford and even SMU is not done it's not over it's still possible the presidents are hunkering down they're trading messages they're trying to get these financials to work nicole auerbach had this stuff ross dellinger had this stuff even mike silver who is an nfl insider who for years worked on the nfl network for years worked at yahoo SI. but is a cal guy huge cal guy is tweeting through it, talking about my understanding is that Cal, Stanford, and SMU are going to be joining the ACC as football, basketball, women's basketball only. Now, Nicole Auerbach says, no, 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 no. If these schools are joining, they're joining in all sports, which then can, can get into the financials, which we'll explain and kind of dissect and beat our heads against the wall in just a little bit. But, Joe, what... Why, man? I'm I'm at the point where I'm just like, whatever. Just cool. If this is what you want to do, do it, man. We've got Kevin Guskowitz on that wall. We've got Randy Woodson on that wall. We need them on that wall. We need them to stay on that wall. I don't think it makes any financial sense for the ACC to add two teams in California. I don't think it makes sense for them to add SMU. You know, this if this SMU gambit works, by the way, <laughs> I might just go to ScarJo and be like, hey, I'll have sex with you for free. Okay? But like, just let but me join I the club. But I don't want to have sex with you. No, no, no. But it's for free. But just let free. me join the club. Just let me in, please. I mean, it's a cross way of putting it, but that's essentially what SMU <laughs> is doing. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. no. We'll be in your conference for free. Yeah, but we don't want you. Doesn't no, matter. No, We're I free. I just want to be there. That's cool. No. No. That's, no, we How don't want to do that. Me? How does that help me? <laughs> it doesn't. It so doesn't. here's... And here's where we're at. We talked to John Curry, Wake's athletics director, on yesterday's show. That's episode 52, if you're keeping track yeah. at home. And 
I felt like he at least advanced a theory to us that was someone from the other side of our viewpoint that said, okay, well, this is why we would do it. Mm-hmm. But I'm still not there on believing how it helps all of the schools in the ACC. Or I feel like it's more of like a pity at this point from Notre Dame That's exactly and, a, and a Wake Forest and a Duke. Thank you. Notice those schools I just mentioned were all like tiny private schools that are interested in taking care of other smaller elite. One well, cow's not small. I get it. People love to tell me that, but sure, they're trying to take care of an of other of like-minded elite academic institutions. That's noble and and, and that's cool but that that's you want no to help to a run friend a out, man. But it's not a way to help your football brand. No, I can't say it loud enough. Stanford and Cal as football brands do not help your television product. They don't. Which is why these things happen theoretically. Plus you're already the league that has way too many non-competitive football brands. And God bless Wake Forest because they've really tried. And Mm -hmm. God bless Duke. They've tried too. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it is one thing for you to try the Jedi mind trick with us, which Sean Curry did yesterday. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is you're still, you have the fewest students. You have the smallest enrollment in all of power five, your stadium and Duke stadium are two of the smallest stadiums are, in power five. They are boutique football sure. programs. Be sure if you will, and you could say it. And I, I appreciate the effort. Little old wake for I appreciate the effort, but the numbers are the numbers. Yeah. And, and the ACC has too many of those numbers. That's their problem. That's why it took them so long to get to a linear cable channel channel. That's why they were the last power five conference to get there because they've way too many of these brands in their collective. So Jack Swarbrick is the athletics director at Notre Dame. And I've had just about enough of Notre Dame. Well, guess what? You're about to get some more and it's going to make you gag. It's going to make you spit out that coffee from breeze through. So Jack Swarbrick was on the Dan Patrick show. Yes, of course he was. So while we were talking to John Curry, and we had a really great candid conversation with him. If you missed it, check it out on yesterday's show or check it out on the YouTube channel. But Swarbrick is in studio with Dan Patrick as they're getting ready for week zero and everything else. Of course think, he was. I think they were in New York, if I'm not mistaken. And here is Swarbrick giving the game away. The true reason why these presidents want to add Canford, Canford, Cal and Stanford. We need to find a home for Stanford and Cal. That you can't have two of the great academic institutions in the world not have a not have a place to play. That's oh, let's, let's go get Oxford too. Then that's their problem. That's the standard, right? This, this is true, <laughs> but that's 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 their problem, not not your problem. Okay, now mind you, I keep saying this. Notre Dame would solve a lot of problems if they joined a damn conference. How about but some of this pronoun usage, we and they, we, huh? <laughs> Notre Dame. Hmm. What anyway? You so, ain't a we, Notre so, Dame. So it continues. What kind of solution you got? We're working on it. Meaning. Well, there's still consideration of the ACC as a home for those schools. Okay. And Notre Dame is lobbying for Stanford and Cal to join? Very much so. Okay. And the Pac-12 dies? It's looking that way more and more every day, yes. (laughs) Or how much is with with what's gone on with – and the people in power who are making these – you know, the kids are going to be the kids, but you've got grownups who have made decisions that seem like they're just based on money. Yeah, well, they're certainly based on money. There's, there's no question. And uh, some of that is the demands that have arisen over time for, to find more revenue to meet this requirement or this requirement. So I, I'm not terribly comfortable with the description of it as greed, but it is all about money. <laughs> it's not greed, but it's all about money. 
So anyway, that's Jack Swarbrick with the Dan Patrick Show. It's not it's not greed. No, no, no. It's 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 about greed and and coming coming from a from a Catholic upbringing. Trust me, I know a thing or two about the Catholic Church and how they like their money. So more money is always a good thing. They're always hitting me up for more money. Point here is that Swarbrick is like uh, the hot dog suit guy from I Think You Should Leave, that Netflix show that's become a, a meme. He spent the majority of that conversation with Dan Patrick talking about, it's a mess. I don't know how we got here. No, no, you do know how you got here because you made the decisions to get us here, which leaves these institutions that you cherish theoretically gr- just grasping for a conference to call home. And then now you want to drag the ACC into this mess to give them a home when really it doesn't do much of anything to help the ACC out. It's an interesting case study, isn't it? Stanford is the best run athletic department in the country. Yes. Has been. They win the Director's Cup every single year, mm-hmm. other than the first year when, when Carolina won it. Every single year, mm-hmm. they win it. They have From A to Z, they have the most complete athletic department. Cal, inarguably, has the worst run athletic department. They're broke. They're beyond broke. They're long... like. The, the amount I owe on my mortgage, I always tell when I re up, when I re up on a mortgage, I always tell them, do not tell me what I have to pay you back. Yeah. I made the mistake on the college loan of looking at what I have to pay back. Oh yeah. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, we're borrowing 20 grand and we have to pay back 75 grand. Mm-hmm. Multiple exponentially multiply that for Cal. Mm-hmm. Those are all the mistakes Cal has made. Cal does not deserve a life raft. They do not deserve anyone to save them. It's time for someone to tap out. It's time for Cal to tap out drop down, either play in the West Coast Conference, try to play as an independent in football, play Stanford every year, uh, get your board of regents to get USC and UCLA to schedule as a non-conference game and just tap out. Yeah. Okay. This is, you you know how we always talk about with NIL and and the, the reckoning that's coming with NIL and how the market always finds its level. Well, Cal, the market found its level. You're gone. I'm sorry. This is how it works. Stanford, I feel bad for you in the sense that you couldn't make a better deal while you were riding high under Harbaugh and even David Shaw, but them's the breaks. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think Stanford would be better off as an independent, just like Notre Dame and joining that West coast conference, letting their, their unbelievable non-revenue sports compete regionally. Well, cause and Anson still, Dorrance doesn't want uh, Cal and Stanford and still to be playing. Dom, and, and guess what? Uh, by the way, Anson, with all of his titles, has earned the right to, to, to share yeah, his people, opinion, by the, the way. The, the people who are mad at Anson Dorrance, like he doesn't want to compete. Buddy, he's been competing and Forever. he's been whooping he everybody's Come on, ass. Get out of here. So he said, and let, like, him why, why, let him say it. Yeah, let him talk. And, and look, talk I, man. I love Bubba Cunningham, but man, Bubba Cunningham spends more time as the athletics director at North Carolina telling his coaches to apologize or even players in certain cases yeah. like Drake May, when they have nothing to apologize oh. for. So if he says, let Stanford and Cal wither on the vine, yeah, that's fine with me. But Good I, for him. I think this is a win. I think this just like us getting thrown out on a Wednesday. Yeah. I think this is a win for Stanford. Possibly. I think their non-revenue sports will be fine. Possibly. Go get a loan from Tiger Woods, by the way. <laughs> you have plenty of people hey, who can help you. Hey, that's future ACC legend, Tiger <laughs> Go Woods. Go get a loan All from right. Tiger. You got plenty of money. Look at the money that Wake uh, raises. You don't, seriously, seriously. We've seen this at locally where ECU got rid of a, a tennis program and a swimming program. Mm-hmm. And people were like up in arms and it's like, all of a sudden, all this money comes in uh, Maryland. I think it, one of their programs, all of a sudden, I think it was wrestling, like magically raised all this money, right? 
Florida State's talking about how we're going to raise money from a P, you know, from a, a Saudi investment from 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 the, from the PIF to get out of our out of our out of our problems to get out of uh, the ACC contract. Why not just use that money? If you said this there, I'm serious right now. Mm-hmm. I've never been more serious about anything in my life. We got thrown out on Wednesday. We went and found people to help us. Mm-hmm. Stanford's been thrown out. You don't think all of those titles, all of those championships, in all of those sports that they can't find people to raise money for them and that they won't be better off not going to Winston-Salem on a Tuesday, that they won't be better off not going to Miami on a, on a Thursday. They will be, they can be just fine. I can't speak for Cal, but I'll say this for Cal. You had your shot, you blew it. And maybe this is just the world telling you, Mm -hmm. you are so far underwater you now are better off taking your stadium that you are so far underwater on and raising it and putting condos on and making money and play all the other sports in the West Coast Conference. I would love to have beers. You're welcome. I just solved all your problems, Stanford and Cal, and it doesn't require any charity from the ACC. And doesn't Stanford have like their football coordinator positions funded by um, Stanford's got stacks on stacks of cash, man. I would love to have beers with Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner right now. Because I maybe it's the the era that we live in, and I know Holden Thorpe talked to us a couple of weeks ago, the former chancellor at UNC, and he hated Twitter because, yeah, I said one thing, and next thing you know, I see it on Twitter, right? Well, I this, don't. This is coming from Notre Dame. All of this is coming and and, I, and from and, Stanford and Cal. And that's thank you. If this is coming Come from on. Notre Dame, let's, if let's I'm play guess the source here. Kids. I would Come love, on. I would love to know if Jim Phillips sees this stuff and is immediately testing, te- texting Swarbrick or getting on the phone with Swarbrick and saying, "Would you shut the hell up, man? We acquiesced so many things for you. The very least thing you could do for us is to have some freaking dignity." And show some freaking respect to the league that saved your ass in 2020 and has essentially given you all the other things that help you out and not go on the Dan Patrick show and straight up cause more uncertainty for the ACC. When I tell you, if the if Notre Dame was to join a conference full time, what would you say? What is the thing that we know? If Notre Dame's well, going to join a Grant conference. Rice with the ACC. Okay, that goes through 2036. Mm-hmm. So again, let me repeat this. If Notre Dame's going to join the conference or join a conference, it is con- it's contractual. It's in the grant of rights that they would join the ACC. Otherwise, there's going to be a lawsuit and there's going to be some money that it changes hands. Here's Jack Swarbrick on the Dan Patrick show acting as though this grant of rights doesn't exist. What would you have to hear to join a conference? Um, that we didn't have a media partner. Uh, that we didn't have a fair path to the college football playoff? If the NBC media plan was not there, would Notre Dame be in a conference? Yeah, if we didn't have somebody else who was willing to step up, yes. Okay. And would that be the Big Ten? I don't know. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do know. It would be interesting to have that discussion with with each of the available conferences. You haven't had those discussions before? We've had lots of uh, inquiries. We've never negotiated or participated. You have negotiated with the ACC and the grant of rights, where if you join a conference, you go to the ACC. Why is Jack Swarbrick lying? I don't understand. Go to confession. Give me some Hail Marys. Give me a Lord's Prayer, Jack, because Lord knows I have to do that. Sister Ellen would be telling me, hey, Go get the rosary. 
How does that work when there's inquiries? What happens? Um, usually it's a president-to-president call uh, where someone from a conference, a president from a conference is assigned to call, in okay. this case, Father Jenkins, and say, maybe are you considering a different path? And we say no. And then it gets down to you. Are, are you involved in the, the process after that? Yeah. With the phone call? I yeah. typically am. Yeah. What's the closest Notre Dame's ever come to joining a conference? Let me answer that for you. 2020, when they joined the ACC. Oh, and before that, when they did the new grant of rights and they partnered with the ACC. But let's see what, let's see what Jack Swarbrick has to say. Um, you know, I don't know that it was particularly close, but if we hadn't been able to find a home for our Olympic sports with the ACC, maintaining football independence would have been problematic. We needed a partner who would, uh, who, who would allow our Olympic sports to participate at the level we want them to. Ah, it took 90 seconds to finally get to some respect for the ACC. And it, I, I guess it's not as lucrative having your own you know, TV network, but joining the ACC, you're there with other sports. Uh, you do play some ACC schools, but is that a possibility down the road? Well, all the major conferences are a possibility. They are? Is Jim Phil's going, Jack, texting. Anyway, he continues. Um, we play hockey in the Big Ten. We have the other Olympic sports in the ACC. And- yeah, because the ACC doesn't have hockey. Anyway, that was Jack Swarbrick on with Dan Patrick. And as you can see, I'm getting very, very incensed hearing that clip again. I was super pissed when I watched it yesterday on YouTube. And if I'm Jim Phillips, I'd be like, buddy, why? why? Just why? Just answer that for me. Why? The Notre Dame relationship is so complicated. It really is. Because they all want to be Notre Dame's AD. They all went to Notre Dame. They all have a reverence for Notre Dame. Swarbrick now leaves his throne after making sure the playoff was expanded and to your to, to go back to, to include your, Notre Dame. To go back before we start talking financials to, to talk about your uh, Scarlett Johansson reference. Yeah. Notre Dame's never gonna sleep with you. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Sorry. This is as close as you're getting. <laughs> I will just cut the analogy off there. Housekeeping. We got t-shirts. Check it out. Breakingtea.com slash OG. I wore the three new t-shirts this week. I ran out. That's why I'm wearing the Cure shirt right now. I guess I got double dipped. I got to buy a hoodie too. I know you bought a hoodie. But we're doing four shows now a week and we're going to continue doing that. What? It's a lot. You're taxing me. Dude. It's like one hour. I think you can handle it. All right. Would this, right. is it, did, this, did this explain why by Wednesdays you were kind of tuckered out <laughs> in the old time, in the olden days? Is that why you were just talked out? You back at it? You picked you pick you know, the hell you picked a hell of a job change. No, man. you know what happened though this week? What happened this week? We did we did the patented thing that I that I loved when we did, but then you had to tell me, gotta do it again tomorrow. We had a great show yesterday. We did. So it's like, well, guess what? Wait, we got another podcast. <laughs> like, can't tomorrow. we just play that curry interview nope. again? Like, nope. No, we can't. Isn't that a thing? No, can't do it because now it lives forever on the internet and ah, people want to go see it. They can just go see ah, it. Sorry, buddy. It's not catching people in real time for five minutes in the car. <laughs> now it's, oh, whoa. It's already on YouTube. So if they want to watch it, well, why are you guys re-racking the thing that I can already watch on YouTube? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Anyway. That's what I had today. I was like, man, let's rest on that one. So let's, uh, and you also had a good podcast with Debbie. Yeah, too. I think that's what yeah. is the issue. We'll, we'll get to a, yesterday, we'll, man. We'll get to, we will get to a, um, 
God, you, the print in you won't die. No, the print four years. The man. print Come in on. you won't die. Like for people, years. for people who are wondering what I'm referencing, <laughs> you know, Jillian would write this great feature. Boom! Yeah, it's well, off to the was, editor. That was the week, that and was, that was my week. <laughs> Hanging out at Raleigh Towns, having a beer the rest of the week. We'll get yeah. to Saturday's football game. We're good to go. Nah, <laughs> man. To do on the weekends. Not right? in this grind, dude. Not in this grind. So, so go buy a t-shirt, breakingtea.com slash OG. We thank Breaking Tea for uh, helping us out with those designs. It's really, really cool. It's really a lot of fun. Also, thanks to Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority for sponsoring Ovias and Jillio. Check them out at bugsbite.com. Mosquito Authority. I was getting close to wrapping things up. It's it's gross. We had like a little... Yesterday was gorgeous, man. Oh, man. Last night. Oh, my goodness. Got home from the Pilates, which yeah. we'll be talking about, I'm sure. Yeah. But I was like, man, it feels really good. I had the windows down in the car and everything. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. And today's gross. And Friday is going to be gross. It's prime mosquito time. Still at the end of the summer. The ants are still going, man. So get with Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. You mentioned ants. Yes, they can handle those things inside the house as well. Also, thanks to Oak City Sports Cards for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Check them out in downtown Raleigh. Uh, you can find uh, great old school cards, but you can also get into the what's in the box, which is the thing you like. It's the yeah. gambler in you, man. Yeah, but also Weston does a great job because the card business, as you've seen and as you're learning, has changed a lot and can be a little bit pricey. Mm-hmm. Weston does a great job for uh, new collectors, younger collectors. You go in, you get a nice one of those hot packs and it get a little patch or something. Yeah, it's, it's a nice touch. Uh, but if you're trying to get the best value for your cards, go check them out. He'll help you get those things graded. Downtown Raleigh, off of Glenwood or oakcitycards.com. All right. So to continue some of the conversation, let's, let's talk about the financials okay. of this ACC Cal Stanford thing that has been percolating. Let, let's strip everything aside and let's get to the math. Because I don't think the math is mathing. But let's go ahead and go with this. Certainly not overwhelming. No. I think no. if it was, it would already be done. It's not. Oh, by the way, uh, all of this happening on the second birthday of the Alliance. Happy birthday, Alliance. The, the Alliance <laughs> press conference, I believe, was two years ago today. I looked him in the eye. Looked him in the eye sockets. And if you can't have an agreement with men, then we got bigger sh- problems than that. Well, apparently we do. <laughs> since the Pac-12 is dead. So happy Alliance uh, anniversary. So, the ACC ESPN deal, by the way, folks, here's all your notes again. People love the notes. Not yellow pad, but notes altogether. So, the the ACC ESPN deal is like other deals in that if you add a school, in the case of Stanford and Cal, they're going to pay the additional money that the school is supposed to get in terms of share, which, you know, depending on reports is roughly $25 million that will go to Stanford and Cal and theoretically SMU. It's called pro rata. Oh, you added a school. The deal says that we're not going to get more money. We're only going to get the amount of money necessary to make them whole in your conference. From ESPN. From ESPN. Okay. However, Cal and Stanford, according to multiple reports, will agree to take about 30% of that share. So 30% of roughly $25 million, all right? That leaves about, again, this is back of the napkin math, that leaves about $30 million to share in the remaining schools, the 15 schools, the original schools. But there's more percentages, percentages on percentages on percentages. Because remember, of those 15 schools, Notre Dame doesn't get a full share. I forgot, what do they get? They're at like, we don't know. They're like 80 cents on the dollar or something like that. Regardless. 
But for the purposes of this conversation, and we're going to keep things roughly estimated because we don't know the exact financials here. If they were going to go the equal share route of the remaining $30 million, you're looking at around two to $2.5 million per school. Is that really changing anything in the ACC by giving Florida State and Clemson $2.5 million more dollars a well, year to I, catch up with the $30 million gap? I think it's fair to say at this point, it's not going to be an equal share. So, okay, let's go with the non-equal share. Oh, by the way, one other thing that I jotted down, that's $25 million. There's also the ACC network in play here because the idea being they stand to make more money to add to that pool if they get into more homes. So let's say you add Stanford and Cal. Well, that opens up the San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose market. That's the number 10 rated market in the country. You also have SMU, which opens up what market, Joe? Dallas. That's another huge market. The Dallas-Fort Worth market is ginormous. Is there an appetite for the... There's this assumption that, oh, yeah, no, the ACC network's going to be on there. Right now, the ACC network is in 42 million homes. Is there an appetite for the ACC network? Cal, Stanford football, and SMU football in those markets? Is there an appetite for that? I would venture it's a very low appetite. This also happens at the worst possible time for ESPN and the ACC to try to leverage their brands because the cable market is vanishing. We're at the point now where Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, is openly talking about having ESPN either spun off, purchased by Apple. That's been another thing that's been popping up. Um and going direct to consumer once they drop below 50 million homes, which, according to some estimates, might happen in the next three years. This, again, gets back to the deal going through 2036 actually being a benefit for the ACC because the television market is going to go through a pretty big reckoning if it isn't already happening right now. So you at least have this, the, the financial certainty of your deal with ESPN. But I have to bring this up because this idea that they're going to get more money, I think the ACC network, last time I checked, at least according to Robert uh, over at TV Sports Ratings, the ACC network was making 73 cents per subscriber. So this idea that they're going to add additional homes in an era where homes are diminishing is very wishful thinking. All right. Now, let's get to what's really going on here. The additional pool of money being distributed for incentive-based success there we go. or television eyeball success. How much more money do you think you're going to get beyond the $2.5 million in that regard? Five? Six to be, like, let's say for the, for the sake of the conversation, you're Florida State and you just won the ACC and you're going to the college football playoff. How much more money are you actually getting from the additional pool that's really going to satisfy you in the end. Satisfy? Satisfy you. I mean, I could, I don't know if anything's going to satisfy you, but, you know, I could see in one year, let's just say Clemson wins the the title the, the first year that these schools join mm-hmm. and they give a $10 million reward for winning football title. I mean, $10 million, $10 million. So you want to do an ACC championship $10 million purse? Um, do we make this W? I, no, no. I, I, just, I actually like this idea. I, do we go WWE? Like, does Jim Phillips come out money in the dollar? bank? Yeah, money in the bank or million dollar man style, where there's this briefcase that has ten million dollars in cash, and Mike Norvell after they win, you're not holding up the ACC not trophy. Mayonnaise, you get doused in, in cash. Right. Is that? I would actually watch that. I would legitimately watch that. I I, I hesitate to give them ideas, but <laughs> hey, you already gave them the scheduling idea. 
So we, we, might as well we, give, are. we might as well give him an ACC championship idea where here comes this briefcase with $10 million. And like Jim Phillips is like Vince McMahon. He's smelling the money. Oh, yeah, that could be you. That could be you, Mike Norvell. Mike Alford comes out like Stone Cold style, like, let's go. Is that what we want? Because if that's what you want to do, then I'm willing to hear that conversation. Bottom line, bottom line, since we're talking about the bottom line, there is nothing in this financial distribution model that they theoretically want to dole out that's going to satisfy Florida State and Clemson. It doesn't solve any of the problems you've been bitching about for the last couple of years. The interesting part of this to me is this doesn't solve any of those other four, those other 10 schools that we're talking about right yeah. now. It doesn't help them at all. No. So what they're trying to do right now is say, well, they're trying to convince Florida State and Clemson, Florida State North Clemson. Carolina. I don't think Carolina's budging on this one. I agree with you. Which means state's not budging state's on not this budging one. either. So that means you have to try to convince Florida State and Clemson that adding two broken football programs mm-hmm. from California is somehow going to lead to you making more money. And it won't. Not and enough money. Ultimately it's, and ultimately, it's not going to lead to more money for both of you if you do it that way, where mm-hmm. the champion gets to cash in. Right. Right. Well, and again, the, the, the whole the whole pull of the SEC is that everybody gets the money regardless. Right. Like Florida, last time I checked, we're just assuming Florida State goes and wins ACC championships all the time now. <laughs> it's it's been this assumption. Twenty thirteen. It's this fourteen. It's this assumption 13. that uh, it's been almost ten years. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. We, if it, incentive based or eyeball based. Okay. Cool. It's still not going to be enough. It's still not going to be enough. And also, I would really love to push back just slightly on this Florida State eyeball thing. Mm-hmm. They they were they played a Labor Day game against Notre Dame. I know, I know. And a you're lot, like, yeah. we're, we're a strong TV brand. You played a Labor Day game against LSU. We're strong when you're the only game yeah. on TV. Like we've we've shown in the Pinstripe Bowl ratings that yeah, Indiana Wake Forest gets more ratings than Duke Carolina basketball. That doesn't mean people are interested in you. It just means they want to watch football on Labor Day. This is a Chip, Chip Patterson and I from CBS Sports. We were talking about this the other day. Essentially, if this goes through, it is the poison pill. This is the beginning of the end for the ACC. I mean, you can make the argument that we're headed in this beginning of the end, but this is the official start of the beginning of the end for the ACC. Well, you heard John Curry yesterday mm-hmm. with the idea that we the, the ACC has to make decisions. And, and without him basically stumping for Stanford and Cal yesterday, he was indirectly doing that. But he was saying the ACC has to make decisions what for what makes the most sense financially for them to be competitive. Yes. And th- this is a little bit, There's there's got to be a native son parable here in the Bible somewhere. I, I, did, I didn't study close enough. They're basically saying, here, we're going to give you $2 million now. And this is going to help you instead of taking a bigger payday down the road. It does, like, yeah. Like what money? Like what are you gonna do with this money right now? What? How does the, how does the smaller money now help a Wake Forest? How does it help Boston College? How does it help? It, does, it doesn't. So speaking, Why do I always run out of teams when I start talking about Pitt? How does it help Pitt? It doesn't like, help Pitt. I don't. Well, speaking of helping things, we've got no conversations about the television deal and just the grant go of rights. Clubs and Pat Rodgers. Just you sound like a state fan. Bootstraps energy, just, man. Just go beat Clemson. Be- sure, man. Bootstraps every energy. Year. So we were talking oh, about... South, man. He took care of it the year he did. We were talking about the the television deals. And Brett Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner, yeah. also said the quiet part out loud. Thank golly. When he talked... We, we lost we, Texas and Oklahoma. But, but, we're, but, we're great. But, 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 
he was right when he said we were the last deal to come up when yeah. things were still in a position where they could dole out deals. Yeah. So this gets us to our conversation or your conversation with Debbie Yao on the Law of the Wolf podcast. We, everybody's been screaming about 2036 being this terrible idea. You're, you're handcuffed. This, this is bad. But the deal is so long enough that it can actually weather the ups and downs sure. of what we're seeing in the cable industry. So in a way, it's beneficial. But Debbie never saw it that way. And you talked to her on Law of the Wolf about having the deal shortened. Here's the crazy part. That deal could have gone longer. It was supposed to be a 20-year deal. But here's Debbie Yao explaining how that went down and how they got it shorter to 2036. The original deal for the network was scheduled to be longer. And... Um, Take some credit here, man. Come on. No, I mean, I just, it's just part of the history of it, you know. No, no, I'm serious. Explain this he, to people because well, I think there is no, still confusion. There was, there, there was a number of people in the room at the time with the ADs who liked the money, and I, I did too. I thought the money at the time was good. Remember, we were the first in the new cycle. Yes. We thought that was to our advantage. It turned out not to be at our advantage. It turned to be to our disadvantage because – I don't think we fully appreciated or understood how much um, they were willing to pay. So, and you don't know that because you're first, if you're second or third, you see what they, you, you figure out what they're doing or did with the people before you. Uh, so we knew the deal was too long and um, oh, it is now through 2036, but it's, it, was it was scheduled to be through 39 and it was originally uh, supposed to be through 39. Okay. Yes. And um, so it would have been a 20 year deal starting in 19. Correct. Okay. And so when I came home from that, I just, when Chancellor, of course, wants to know what's going on. And uh, we talked and I, I asked if he would uh, consider talking to his peers about shortening the deal, that the money was okay, but the length was too long. I didn't have any idea what appetite the other presidents would have for trying to do a shorter deal, but I, I felt like that's where it needed to happen because that's the final vote. And uh, he did that. You know, he's Randy. He's, Randy did. Chancellor mm -hmm. did. He went forward and and uh, obviously I'm not in the room. It's just the president's talking. But he was able to get three years off of the original deal. So, of course, I wish it had been more. But at the same time, I'm very grateful to him for taking that message to the other presidents. And, and there might've been other presidents in the room who felt this, the same way, sure. but, but what they, whoever they were in addition to the chancellor, um, they could only get three years off of the deal. So it ended up at 36. So that was Debbie Yao, former athletics director at NC state with you, Joe on law of the wolf and pretty fascinating conversation. Debbie's always got good stuff. Yeah, for all those Florida State fans, look, NC State, or even Carolina fans, NC State never does anything for the league. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Big thanks to Breeze Through for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Check them out throughout their triangle locations. Get that Breeze Through Lifetime Refill Tumbler. Get the coffee, get your sodas, get all that good stuff. It's all there for you. So go check out Breeze Through. We're going to be doing a show from a beer cave here pretty soon. I think we got some like breeze through OG crossover koozies that we're going to give away Ooh, that day too. All like about it. that merch, baby. Yeah. All about that merch. Edwards Mill Road, off of, off of 64, over on Pool Road, you mm -hmm. name it. The breeze through crew is there for all of your needs. And thanks to Butcher's Market. 
for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Tailgating season's right around the corner. They got all the stuff you need, marinades, rubs, obviously the meat that goes with it, and sandwiches. Steak and cheese sandwiches are taking over the triangle this summer. <laughs> and in Wilmington, they're in Wilmington. Get those sandwiches, steak and cheese in Wilmington. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline, DarrenGantPanthers.com. Uh, have you protected your kneecaps, Darren? Dan Campbell's in town, ready for some preseason action. Please tell me your limbs are protected from him ripping them off and eating them. Yeah, I'm doing my best to keep my distance from Dan Campbell. Here's the thing about the Lions rolling in here. They were complaining about how cold it was when they were here recently in December <laughs> for the record, you know, coldest game in Bank of America Stadium history. It's probably going to be the hottest game in Bank of America Stadium history Friday night. So mm-hmm. I fully anticipate those guys complaining about the weather more than anything else. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Let's uh, solve let's- some of our debates here. Darren, we, we have preseason takes and thoughts, and you've covered, I think, every Panthers preseason game ever. So you're qualified. Right. There's to been a lot. Of yeah. yeah. What, what what do you what do you make of the preseason in general, and what a team can or can't get out of it? Uh, nothing much. Uh, I think it's okay to look at individual guys and kind of the process people go through. But if you start getting hung up on results, I mean, I, I remember after the 2001 season when they won the opener and then lost 15 straight, John Fox comes in, new start, new enthusiasm, all this kind of stuff, and they lose their first three preseason games that year. And I, mm-hmm. I remember hitting him with the Carolina Panthers haven't won a game of any kind in 341 days in 348 days, in 355 days. And John was like, you realize how ridiculous that is, right? You know, so, and it is, you know, to think of it, I mean, in terms of like the Ravens' epic winning streak, which Washington uh, overturned the other night. And by the way, shake hands with Josh Harris, everybody. Um, I, I just, I don't know. We make too much of the results and not enough of the individual things. All that's important really out of this offseason is, How's Bryce look? And they're not putting him out there in positions to do a whole lot or mm-hmm. to have a lot happen to him negatively, you know, because they really want to protect him. And I think that's been the theme of the offseason. They've protected him with coaches. They've protected him with personnel. And, and they've protected him with preseason play calling. So we kind of walk into the regular season not really knowing exactly what to expect. The other issue, too, Darren, is before we even get to Bryce Young, a lot of people are hurt. What I mean, the wide receiver room is kind of banged up. Offensive line has been a mess. There's a separate conversation about Icky Aquani. We'll get to in a second, but they don't have their full complement of offensive linemen. That's what got everybody optimistic at the end of last year. They were healthy and they looked like they looked like a capable offensive line. That hasn't been the case in the preseason, how much of this is like legitimate guys are hurt and how much of it is, look, we're not going to waste any time in the preseason, get more wear on those yeah, times. I, I think a lot of it is, and I'll tell you not to violate anybody's HIPAA rights or anything mm-hmm. like that, but for all those injuries, really the only guy who we know right now is not going to play against Atlanta is Austin Corbett, who's coming off the ACL. All this other stuff is the kind of dings that you get in training camp. Mm-hmm. And listen, they've been getting after it pretty hard. Oddly enough, we came home from Spartanburg and it got hotter, um, which I'm not in favor of in any way, shape, or form. It got hotter um, than Spartanburg? Yeah. I mean, it, America's it, was warm, yeah. it was warm in Spartanburg, but it's been sweltering here in Mayberry lately. Nice. So, 
Yikes. It's, uh, yeah, it's not been great. And they've been getting after it. Probably two of the hardest practices, you know, we've seen in the in this week. And there's some guys dinged up, you know, but nothing that's really nothing that's kind of acute or worrisome from the Atlanta standpoint. I mean, everybody else has a chance to be available for that game. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about the guy who is healthy and we've seen him have a little bit of a rough go yeah. on the offensive line. Icky Aquanu, uh, NC state product uh, top pick in last year's draft or yeah. two years ago. So look, Jillio and I have talked about this. We talked about it earlier in the week. There's some of the stuff that he does well, and there's some of the stuff he doesn't do well. And you can kind of compensate from that. What have yeah. you seen so far from Aquano that would lead you to believe that it's going to be fine at the end of the day? I mean, I guess the answer is weeks three through 13 last year, you know, because he came out of the shoot with Miles Garrett and Kayvon Thibodeau a year ago, gave up three sacks in the first two games, and then goes 10 weeks without giving one up. So, you know, there is, you know, there's a lot to go into that. I think Dickey benefited last year from the midseason coaching change and Steve Wilkes taking the playbook back to 1942. Okay, it was running 50 times a game was conducive to Icky Aquanu's success as a pass protector. So because it reduced the number of times he had to. But I think he's kind of he's got it in him. And I think more than anything else, I understand the concern when you draft a guy that high. And we tend to left tackles are like cornerbacks. We see them when they mess up. We don't tend to see them when they make a good play. Uh, and Icky is talented. We know that. Icky's big and strong and loves to run block and road grade people and all that fun football talk stuff. Uh, but Icky also has really, honestly, one of the three or four best offensive line coaches in the NFL in James Campen. And, and because Campen is not freaking out about this, I'm kind of inclined to not freak out about it also because mm. that guy's earned benefit of the doubt. He made a career for himself in Green Bay by taking a bunch of fourth, fifth, six-round picks and turning them into pro bowlers. And obviously having Favre and Aaron Rodgers helped along that process. But but Campen insist. I mean, he kind of – he loved getting icky because he had this incredible, you know, supply of raw material with which to work and all the physical talent you'd want in the world, and and he got to turn him into an NFL offensive lineman. You trust Campen in that situation. I think Hickey's going to be all right. The stuff he, you know, he he's getting a chance to work every day in practice against Brian Burns. This is kind of the miniature version of Julius Peppers versus Jordan Gross oh, back in the day. Right. And so it's a little bit like that in the in the in the way of thinking that one of these guys is not just dominating the other one. When Icky gets his hands on Brian Burns, Brian Burns stops moving forward. You know, so when Icky is sound, when Icky is in the right places, eyes in the right place, that sack Thibodeau had the other night, he just, he got caught with his eyes in the wrong place. He was looking inside to help Christensen with something and, and the count was off by one. So Thibodeau gets a free shot there. So that that kind of stuff is going to happen. I, I think the nature of playing his position means that when he messes up, we all see it. Um, but when he makes good plays, we don't all see those. Darren, what do you think the identity of this team is going to be under Frank Reich? Because you mentioned with Wilkes, those 12 games. Hey, yeah. let's, let's run. Let's play some defense. Let's win this thing the old-fashioned way. Yeah. What do you see as the identity of this uh, franchise going forward under Reich? Um, I think it is going to be 
it, it may not be exciting necessarily from a visually appealing football. It's not going to be, you know, Frank Reich's Buffalo Bills airing it out, running the K-gun, that kind of stuff. I think it's going to be controlled. It's going to be, you know, lateral more than vertical. I think early on they're going to give Bryce a chance to get the ball out quick, do the little short stuff that is efficient. I mean, it's not – Sexy, but I think that's what he's best at is moving the ball around, spreading it to a bunch of different targets and and kind of keeping things moving. He's not a big home run threat. This is not Justin Herbert throwing a football over a mountain or anything like that. I mean, that's not who this guy is, but what he can do is look around, make the right reads, get it off to the right people. And I mean, again, I go back to my point about protecting him with personnel. When you look at what they did this offseason, they were very deliberate to go get Miles Sanders, who can be a volume back, who can also catch, to go get Hayden Hurst, a 50-catch tight end, to give him that easy throw that Cam Newton enjoyed so often with Greg Olson, to find a guy like Thielen who knows how to get open in short spaces. So I, I think they've done everything very deliberately and according to plan to make things easy for him to ease into the league. So I don't think they're going to rush ahead and skip five chapters of textbook now. They're kind of gradually building on what Bryce does, and and they're going to let him do what he does best. So glad Darren is joining us. We, we say very similar things. You just say them with a lot more polish than I do. And sometimes I that's impossible. You're sometimes. you're a radio professional. Is this radio? What do we call this? It's a show. It's a show. It's a show. Content, so, content. Darren, some people you know. old some habits die hard. Yeah, yeah. Some people don't love it when I try to explain things, but you do it in a much more polished way because i do love it I, I i know who i'm talking to here but I, I do love the way that they what they did all of the moves this offseason i approve of not that they were right. looking for mine but the truth of the matter is i i, I don't really like the panthers but this offseason has been very productive it, it's in my hard. viewpoint yeah it's hard to poke holes in the theory of what's happened yes here. i mean I have, all of their right. theories that's the thing and we just what i've seen, seen on the field we just haven't seen like, it yet and what and that gets that's back the patience to, i think that's the patience that gets yeah. back to how do you want to go about your preseason you know they're playing the lions we were joking about this earlier in the week didn't the lions go four and oh in the preseason <laughs> once and then they never won a game after that yeah, they did mate. so and you know me we we referenced the ravens already they had this incredible streak how many super bowls did they win along the way right. while they were while right. they were winning those preseason games but I will say I think it's fair to wonder how Frank Reich is preparing Bryce Young for week one. What exactly are we getting? Are we getting? And Jillio and I got into an argument about this at the beginning of the week, and then I watched Monday Night Football with Sam Howell, and I absolutely loved the way they played that first half against the Ravens. They treated it like it was a real game for Sam Howell. They had things that you would see in the regular season forum. They were not playing with kid gloves. Now, I get there's a difference between a fifth rounder that you're taking a flyer on, and we'll see where right. it goes, versus the topic in the draft that you just made moves to go and get and mortgage your future to get the guy. I get there's differences in where they're picked, but I don't think there should be differences in the philosophy of getting your QB1 ready for week one, which gets us to Friday night right. against the Lions. I feel like if the first two preseasons had gone better, we're not seeing Bryce Young for very long on Friday night. But we haven't seen really great things out of it. So what do we expect to see in terms of Bryce Young and what they have scripted for him against the Lions? I, I think they're going to let him play a little bit. I, mm -hmm. I think they, they need to get some snaps. And I've asked Frank 
a couple of versions of this question over the last few weeks after the first oh, oh, game. I know. I know. I'm watching the YouTube uh, press conferences. Yeah. I know when Darren's asking questions. But it, but it's but it's like Frank. Where do you draw the line between I don't want to show anything versus this guy needs to have a positive result? And, and I think we're kind of what is what does Frank call it that dynamic tension or creative mm-hmm. tension about certain these things it's um it's interesting because i do think he needs to put something out there in the streets and, and show people if only to calm people down a little bit they, there's some freaking out here in the streets of charlotte about what's going on in the preseason which kind of makes me chuckle i mean i tend to think because i have the ability to take the long view on certain things having seen it all it you know icky's gonna be fine I'm not freaking out about an icky sack in a preseason because I've seen a season's worth of work out of Icky Aquano. He's going to be all right. I, I think that Bryce is going to be all right based on what I saw out of him in Alabama and Frank's track record. And I just, you know, it's impossible. I, I just, there's a stable feeling about what's going on here right now that even if this doesn't turn into nine or 10 wins this year, I have a hard time imagining this going really wrong just because of all the smart, stable, competent people they put in place around him. I mean, Frank Wright, Jim Colwell, Josh McCown, Thomas Brown. Somebody asked me in my mailbag, ask the old guy, and if you guys would ever send a question, maybe you could get some uh, friend of the mailbag merch down there. Oh, all right. Um, I'm down. I'm down. It's, it's looking good. I may have to reach in the bag and model that later on. Um, but – Somebody asked in the mailbag, when's the last time a, a number one pick quarterback got into this kind of situation? And I said, really, you've got to go back to Troy Aikman landing with Jimmy Johnson in Dallas or Drew Bledsoe in New England with Bill Parcells. Usually, if you've got the number one pick, that's not a good situation. And it's not really conducive to having lots of smart people around you to ease you into the NFL. Mm-hmm. Bryce has been fortunate. I, I'm just constantly amazed to walk these halls and run into Jim Caldwell every day. And it's like, this guy's just wandering around with a consultant job, no real, you know, well-defined responsibilities. And and this is a great coach. This was Peyton Manning's position coach, for God's sake. So um, having guys like that around just make me think it's, it's hard for me to imagine that this is going to be a disaster. Darren Gant, Panthers.com. We appreciate it, man. Uh, I still, I'm finally broken up. You've been doing it for so, so long. I still want to say Rock Hill Herald. That's just how OG you try. That's fine. I made a radio reference earlier. And when's the last time you did radio? Is there still such a thing as radio? Uh, radio, radio, radio still exists. Radio okay. still exists. I like him. listening to the radio, mostly serious. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a big terrestrial guy anymore. That's technically, that's technically satellite. I highly recommend you go. Do you have Hulu? Yeah. Go uh, Go look up on Vice, Dark Side of the 2000s. Oh, I saw that the other day that you told me. After you told me. And they have a two-part episode on Howard Stern leaving for Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it, ref, it refreshes your memory on a couple of things. One, Morning Zoo Radio is off the charts problematic. Yeah. But also, there are no new ideas. There's there's no new ideas. It's just the platform that it's on, which brings yeah. us to this show. And by the way, the next time I, I get the opportunity to join you guys, we'll have yeah. to break down Ahsoka. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jillian, because I'm, I'm not a big animated Star Wars guy. Yeah, you don't watch I, Rebels? 
Yeah, I did. I didn't follow it closely, but yeah. I, I was able to watch the premiere and, and feel like I didn't miss that much. I understand no. where they're going with this. They did a really good job of bringing people into that show and what they're trying to do without you needing to do homework assignments, which I feel like a lot of Star Wars these days requires you to do homework. So thankfully yeah. for people like you, look, man, I had tween kids when Rebels was, and Clone Wars was a thing. So I'm familiar with all this stuff, but yeah, yeah I thought they did a good job with it. See, I'm, Jillian, I'm, Jillian's I'm eyes are glazed over already. Yeah, really. I'm I'm holding out for the all Wookie show. <laughs> that's that's what I want. <laughs> a very Wookie <laughs> featuring Dimitri Rufanos. All right, man. We appreciate it. <laughs> See y'all. All right, Riley from Groove Wagon hanging out with us in studio. Although, Jillian, where the hell did you go? Did you? You like magically transported back to Garner. Did you have do you have some sort of technology I'm not aware of? Time machine. Portal. That's crazy, man. That is absolutely insane that you managed to get all the way to the Garner that quick. Right. Without a meeting ticket. <laughs> again? <laughs> without one. <laughs> oh, okay. Without one. I was gonna say, do we need to talk to our lawyer again? Um so Riley, before we talk about Groove Wagon, you'll be proud of me. Yes, I, I like this already. <laughs> I signed up for fantasy football. Hey, you'll yeah. love to see it. I, I had I had some some coworkers from the 850 the Buzz Day. Shout out to Dan Parks. He was like, let's get the band back together. And I, I haven't Hell played yeah. fantasy football in a while. So I'm relying on you to give me good drafting for me. Great. All right. That's <laughs> what this is about. I welcome the pressure. That's Julio, fantastic. are you proud of me? I signed back up for fantasy football. I am proud of you. That's nice. Right. I thought you were going to say you had a groove wagon. Uh, Seltzer. I thought I've, I've, had, I've, I've had them. I had them. I've had them. They're good stuff. They're absolutely good stuff. All right. So let's talk about Groove Wagon real quick. Um, I've been getting some questions about Groove Wagon. I think you got a text. Somebody asking you about Groove Wagon. I, right? I did, although it was about fantasy, which I loved. <laughs> I loved. Somebody texted in uh, and was like, "What don't I know that I probably should?" And mm -hmm. I loved that question. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that. So about so let's ask the question about Groove Wagon itself. Those these Delta Eight seltzers yep. that people might not be aware uh, aware of. What do people need to know about them? Uh, well. You know, we don't like to talk about body stuff too much, but only 10 calories, um, one carb, if you care about that sort of thing, which, you know, a lot of folks are starting to. And um, they're mad sessionable, man. I, I feel like people, when they hear Delta 8 drink, they're like, oh, is this going to be crazy like an edible? It's like, nope, it is an alcohol alternative. So it's going to hit you quick, fast. You're not going to be high, high. You're just going to be feeling pretty good. All right. I love it. Yeah, and if you Julio's over here giggling like yeah, yeah. High, high highs related to crazy crazy, so that's good, <laughs> dude. If I'm drinking these at a wedding, I always tell people I'm not trying to get weird in front of my aunt. <laughs> I'm trying to that's have fair, a good man. time. All right, so uh, so B twenty one, drink responsibly, all those good things, all that good stuff. Don't how, ruin it for the rest of us. How do I draft responsibly, man? So great question. Um, Drafting responsibly is actually a great question because some people are there's there's a bunch of camps on this. Right. So if you listen to Matthew Barry, who I've always enjoyed his work, um, but guys like him, Matt Waldman, their whole thing is you need to be looking to minimize risk as much as possible. And that fantasy football is a game of elevating your team's floor as high as you possibly can uh, predictably each and every week. There are other people um, like Ben Gretsch, who I've mentioned from Rotoviz a couple of times, Danny Carter, they go the opposite way. And their thing is 
actually, you need to be trying to get as much upside as possible on your teams. And upside typically takes the form of youth. So the reason young players for a lot of um, expert fantasy thinkers, uh, they tend to uh, fetishize youth. I mean, they were like really prioritize it is because it's not priced in. Okay. So again, fantasy football is fundamentally a game of markets, right? It is about how you value players relative to everybody else. And if you see value where others don't, you win. If others see value where you didn't, they win with youth. Uh, a lot of that upside that could potentially hit is unknown, right? You don't know if somebody could do, if you're a rookie or a year two or even a year three guy, Mm -hmm. there's always potential mispricing of that asset because we haven't seen it yet. Similarly, um, when you're thinking about, you know, how you should be responsibly drafting and what that looks like to you, I would encourage you to have a balance of guys that are your guys, you know, mm-hmm. uh, flag plant dudes, but also guys that you think might be unknown quantities, but that you think there's a plausible case where they could get there, whether or not you know anything about it. And, you know, the question that somebody texted in on the Kings line of what don't I know that I probably should, I freaking loved that question. Um, the biggest one for me is the power of stacking. Mm-hmm. So a stack, if you're a daily player, they're already deeply familiar with this concept, but all stack is, is where you have a quarterback and a pass catcher, whether that's a wide receiver or a tight end from the same team. Now in daily fantasy, this is almost a mandatory thing to win any big tournament. And the reason for that is the power of correlation. Mm-hmm. What that means is if Patrick Mahomes has a big day, okay, three touchdowns, four touchdowns, something like that, you can darn well bet Travis Kelsey had a great day as well. Fair. So for season long, what a lot of people don't realize is that same correlation has a lot of power of increasing the likelihood that you end up winning a winner-take-all tournament. So last weekend, um, I did uh, the annual East Coast Overdose Auction. Mentioned that before, it's one of the highest stakes leagues in the country. Some really sharp guys. We had a private chef from the area attend. It was wonderful. And I kind of tipped my hand on the podcast um, the last appearance I was on, but I did end up getting Justin Fields and DJ Moore uh, for pretty decent prices. And the reason I did that is it's not even so much a prediction like, oh, the bears to the moon this year. I could see it, but maybe it doesn't. But the, the, the part for me is if Justin Fields has a strong year, mm-hmm. You can practically guarantee DJ Moore has had a strong year. And so there's leverage. And what I would encourage people who might be newer to fantasy or they might not think in um, in daily terms, I would strongly encourage you to think about potential combinations on your draft board where you can pair both the pass catcher and a high upside quarterback. Okay. Another correlation that people might want to be aware of, and this is some galaxy brain type stuff, but 
running backs and defenses are typically correlated. Uh, and the reason for that is game script. All right. So if a running back, or excuse me, if a defense is having a really strong performance, then that team is naturally, generally speaking, going to shift their offensive game script a little bit to try to drain the clock. So, it, you know, you should never be paying up too much for a defense. But if at the end of your draft, you own a Christian McCaffrey, or even, you know, you're taking a stab at Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, whatever, Think about drafting the defense that pairs with one of your runners because that game script is usually positively correlated. Riley from GrooveWagon, thatdamnwagon.com. Uh, I, I enjoy all of this. I know Joe, is he's got my Star Wars glaze a little bit going on there. Just just a little. I mean, we, a little. we talked about Ahsoka earlier. We so did. Um, that I'm also like, I just signed up for fantasy football. What did I just get myself back into? Yeah. Oh, no. I would like to personally abuse our relationship right now with a, an in-person, real live Ask the King. I'm in a season-long PPR league, full PPR. Full PPR. I, ha- I have number one overall pick. I should be taking who? So consensus will tell you Justin Jefferson. I love it. I, I take zero issue with that there. If you're feeling frisky and swinging for the fences, <laughs> I still really think that Christian has some insane upside, man. That Niners team actually gets a little bit of a bailout on schedule this year. Um, and they were already kicking ass. Um, you know, for me personally, I probably go Christian just because I'm a sicko and I'm addicted to upside. That said, Justin Jefferson honestly has upside to go like his touchdown total. I want to say it was like eight last year. And that was with the killer season he had. It is totally in the range of outcomes for him to not only um, hit that floor, you know, that's kind of baked in at this point, like he's going to, be the focal point of that offense, but there is room for touchdown upside. So I drink a groove wagon, see what the spirits are telling you. And if you're feeling uh, super frisky, smash Christian. If you think that you have edge in that room because you're generally sharper than the other dudes in there, take Justin Jefferson all day. So 12 team league, I should have pointed that out as well. Not a very active waiver wire process because we have an 18 round draft sure uh keeper league as well jefferson had been my keeper the last two years i'm not saying i have jefferson fatigue but what are your thoughts on jamar chase oh god is he sexy like i last year so last year was not a fantastic campaign for me mostly because i owned an irresponsible amount of joe burrow paired and with chase. jamar chase okay that said God, Jamar, in terms of sheer upside at, at wide out, I think it, his ceiling might even be higher than, than Justin Jefferson. Um, and it makes Sundays fun. Like, honestly, you know, <laughs> whether or not you care about the dorkery of uh, getting into, you know, the, the, the weeds on fantasy, if you can find a way to align your fantasy team with what would be fun to watch on Sunday, I always love biasing towards that. And I just freaking love when the Bengals are lighting stuff up. It's they win in fun ways. Um, and Jamar is a huge part of that. What are you doing Sunday at 1230 or Saturday, Saturday? 
uh, what should I be doing? Are you on I mean, that? Are you on that week? Check your texts. No? <laughs> uh, I, I would love to do what you tell me to do. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty easy like that, man. I, I need a consigliere. <laughs> okay, here oh, we go. That, heck yeah! All right. Okay, we'll Let's we'll revisit. We will revisit that next week. Then we will <laughs> revisit that next week. All right. Riley, if you, if you want to text the text, get at the king. Who they text? What yeah, nine one nine three zero six eight five nine eight. And oh, if you live in Wake Forest, which a surprising amount of OGers uh, seem to go to Butcher's Market, ask for Magnifico, ask for fence hopping, just ask for the Groove Wagon drinks. They carry them at Butcher's Market now. Um, nobody knows who the heck we are still. And uh, I got four kids under the age of four. Daddy needs this. <laughs> so go holler at Butcher's Market if you live in Wake Forest. All right. Thanks, Riley. And I'm curious now uh, what you got yourself into on a Saturday with Jillio. <laughs> really curious, man. Here for it. All right. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Later, y'all. Next topic, please. Big thanks to Darren Gant for hanging out with us here on Ovius and Jillio. And big thanks to Hometown Realty. Check them out online, myhtr.com. Give them a call at 919-550-7355. Agents across the triangle to make sure that you can buy, sell, navigate what has turned out to be a pretty interesting housing market now. Yeah, I can't stress this enough. You, you don't want to sell your house to one of these deals where you're like, here, let me, let me take $8 billion yeah. less than my actual value. Right. Do you actually think the people are like, we're just going to buy your house. Yeah, it's guaranteed. Do you, think you're, do you think you're getting your actual full value for the home? Yeah, guys, no, no. be smart here. <laughs> Protect your number one investment. <laughs> that is your house. My HTR.com. Very simple. Go online. There's a button buy, sell, or you can give them a call, 919-550-7355. Barry Woodard and his crew, more than 250 agents. You don't get that big or be that good by accident. This is simple. Buy, sell with myhtr.com. Also, thanks to Whitaker and Hamer. Check them out online at wh.lawyer. Uh, they can handle any number of legal leads. Uh, I don't. Could If I got in trouble at Shady's, could they get me out of that? <laughs> In Garner. Yeah, there might be some double dipping action there. That's that's potential. That's my issue. But I mean, I I feel like I'm going to be spending some time in Garner with a hockey season coming around, youth hockey season. I feel like I could hang out at Garner Ice House or or while Jacob is practicing, I can just head on over to Shady's. Yeah, I mean, they got darts there. And I can hit out out Josh and he can give me some legal advice. They got a golden eye in there too, which you love. I do love that. I do love that. Anyway, check them out online at wh.lawyer. We haven't talked to our intern Cal in a while. You good, dude? I'm back. I uh, I may have had a particular virus that uh, uh, we all have done our best to avoid. Yeah. Um, and shockingly, I was the most sick the third time, which you know, I don't know how common that is. But uh, I mean, how many how many times have you had it now? This is the third time. Okay. Yeah. Jacob's had it three times too. Although the third time it was he just kind of got over it a little bit quick quickly. I've only had it once, but. Is what it is. My mute system. Uh, I thought you were actually doing research on your project of travel, and you were actually going out there and doing the travel. <laughs> I uh, working off the uh, airport <laughs> distances by himself, by foot. So we gave you we gave you an assignment with all the Stanford Cal stuff, which we thought would be dead by the time you came back on, but it's still here today. We're still talking about it. So we yeah, started so did I. travel cool. distances in the ACC. So what did you come up with? 
So, uh, yeah, so I also thought the Cal-Stanford conversation was going to be dead, and uh, it's exciting that we get to talk about it. So, uh, basically, kind of the the assignment, the goal was to, uh, with obviously Cal and Stanford being part of the equation, and just for the sake of it, Notre Dame and SMU, you know, just in case, because they have been talked about potentially joining the ACC for football, you know, what would be in total, given bus rides um, and plane travel time, not to mention a little bit of time in various airports, you know, what would be the longest distance with this new uh, projected ACC or possible ACC? Um, so I added all those together by finding the distances from the actual campuses uh, to the airports that they fly out of, which it took a little bit more research to find the airports the teams fly out of. Okay. It took a little bit more than I thought, but uh, still found. So what'd you figure out? So Tallahassee um, the place I hated going the most, so... What'd you say? I said Florida State was the place I hated going to the most travel wise because it was impossible. So you you but you you talk me through this thing. So Cal and Stanford obviously are gonna be in the top five. Mm-hmm. Um just because of the massive uh geographical distance. Um and uh so yeah, so at the very beginning, in terms of number one, the highest travel distance is gonna be between Cal, Berkeley, and Miami. Um, so Cal and Stanford are very close to each other, um, but they are like Cal is 10 minutes further from the San Francisco airport mm-hmm. than uh, Stanford is. So, you know, technically they would have the longer uh, commute time, if you will. Uh, and obviously Miami is so far down south that uh, the flight time is going to be the longest there. And uh, the times driving to the airport is like 40 minutes both ways. Um, so those combined factors lead to uh, a combined total time travel time of you know, projected seven hours and 18 minutes, uh, which is which is quite the travel day. And obviously it would, it would probably be a little bit more than that because there's variables that we don't know about in terms of college football scheduling. You can't wait for Miami, who's signing off on this, to send their volleyball team to uh, to Cal. That'd be great. Right, exactly. Or um, their baseball team to go to a school that wanted to get rid of their baseball team. Exactly. The, all, the other now, right? very high one that's very close to Miami, which it meant in my projected times, it's only four minutes behind to take the number two spot, would actually be Boston College um, because you have to fly into and out of Logan. Uh, and it, it's like 30 to 40 minutes between Logan and Boston College because Boston College is a little bit far out of Boston there. Uh, and obviously, it's kind of the polar opposite of Miami where it's super far north compared to any other okay. uh, ACC school. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Cal, that's all interesting stuff. Do we have a homework assignment for him? Next week? No, let, let's just talk to Cal because he's like the first intern in the history of interns who's like, am I done? Is it over? Oh, well, wait. I, do you not want me to work anymore? Did, did, it's oh, over, right? Have we, like, have we not? Like, I don't oh, want to be with you guys is anymore. Is the internship over? It, I mean, was, it was never, it was never that I did not want to continue. I, I was oh, under okay. the impression that it was a summer internship. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, but, I, guess, I guess summer's wrapping up. So, all right, Cal. Um, <laughs> good talking to you. I hope did you volunteering learn, to leave us? Like did he you doesn't want to be with us anymore. Did you before I hit remove here? <laughs> did you learn anything while interning? I did. Uh, I learned that I would uh, I would like to continue despite whatever you think, Joe. Um, but uh, no, no messages like yeah, that was great. <laughs> no, it's it. been so much fun so far. Don't call um, me. I'll call you. <laughs> Pre- appreciate you. Appreciate the home field swag. Bye. <laughs> Still not there. Uh, listen, I, I, um, I, I have loved the entire experience so okay. far, despite oh. the abuse I take on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have very much enjoyed 
all, all these various different research topics so far. And uh, uh-huh. hopefully we'll be able to come back on maybe to talk about uh, some sports betting stuff. Oh, okay. I think he's he's angling to be a picks and pizza intern. I am not angling any. Well, okay, maybe I am angling. So you did get a real job. I did. Uh, I am working at uh, a amazing barbershop and lounge in downtown Apex, North Carolina, called The Exchange. Shameless mm-hmm. plug. Um, loving it so far. Uh, great crew. Great haircuts. Great whiskey. So it's a pretty good combination. I can't forget that you're old enough for such things. Yeah, I always forget too. I always think he's like he's a young and. All right, Cal. Um, yes, yes. I don't know. We'll, we'll negotiate. We'll negotiate we'll a new get you back. We'll go to the contract yeah. negotiation phase. Right, there we go. All right, take it easy. Bye, man. It's <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> he really thought it was over, huh? He's getting ready. He yeah, wants you to neg- get rid of you, us. You, nego- you negotiated that, not me. So you you negotiated that whole thing. Um, well, one more thing before we get to Hey Joe. I feel like we I feel we talk about the Super Bowl between the Seahawks. Yeah, and the Patriots and Russell Wilson, at least and the once goal, a and year, the goal plan <laughs> and the goal line and all that stuff all the time. It comes up all the time. So, Richard Sherman, who does a podcast for Colin Cowherd's The Volume, had Pete Carroll on. Richard and Sherman, former mm-hmm. cornerback, star for the Seahawks, won the Super Bowl with helped the Seahawks win the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. 2013 season. Pete Carroll, the coach of the Seahawks, still the coach of the Seahawks, and it was very tumultuous after that Super Bowl. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of like what could have been. You know, yeah, how right. much do you want to talk about it right now? We don't have to because I feel like we talked about it enough. So they finally get Richard Sherman and Pete Carroll in the room, and Pete Carroll explains. It's really good. He he explains why the play happened where Russell Wilson threw in a goal line situation, which was an inter- intercepted rather than giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch. You know, you guys are so mad at me and so pissed, hurt. I, I, I wish I could feel it the way I should feel it, but you know, you gotta play, keep that going. play just happened. Yeah. It wasn't like by design. It wasn't. There was no agenda. That play just happened. You guys could. You're already making a face, Joe. There was no agenda. It's interesting for him to say it that way. No, let him go. Let All him, right. Let All him right. go. I just wanted to make sure because he made a face on the whole. There's no agenda because there's always been the whole thing of like they set that up for Russell Wilson to have his moment. Hear it for years, but. When we got down there, if I remember, we had one timeout. Mm. And so as soon as we got there, I said, one of these plays, we're going to have to throw it to get all four plays. Because I'm always in, make sure that we have a chance to get all four shots. Right. So we run the first play. And I think what happened is Bill's late. He sends in the goal lane team. Mm-hmm. And we had already sent in 11. Right. That went through the, the play callers. Mm-hmm. And that's what led them to throw it on that down. Right. It had nothing to do with anything else. Right. We've practiced it a million times. It was just the way we had prepared. So I was rock solid on, on the philosophy of it. Mm-hmm. It right. just was the worst play that could ever happen. You know? And the guy makes a, <laughs> he made a, a play, play of a life. I, 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 I a play of a career, career for everybody's career, really. <laughs> and, it, and it turned all of that so dark, so instantly. Yes. And I, if you remember, my moment was, I've been down and think, oh, shit, I got to take this. You know, I thought this is the one of those moments that you prepare for. You got to be the epitome of poise, handle it, and own it. There's nothing you can say that's going to put it any other place. It was just as catastrophic as any moment could be. But the thing was, had we won that game, we'd well, have won the won next another. year. We'd have won again because <laughs> we went back to the playoffs anyway. Again, after with all the crumble. It was a great team, man. Yeah. We were a great team. So there you go. There's Richard Sherman, volume with his old coach, Pete Carroll. You're making a couple faces there. Uh, I first of all, this is sports journalism in 2023. This is what we have. Yeah, seriously, is asking the people who are involved going back 
and getting their takes. So I love, I love this. It just so happens to be that Richard Sherman was involved in it. Mm-hmm. And you do have to understand some of the context of it when he says it went dark because that was a team that won the Super Bowl. You were there in New Jersey, the, the 13 season. This is Russ's second year, Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. So the Seahawks were built this, the Legion of Boom. Their defense was dominant. Marshawn Lynch could run the football. It's kind of an old, old school formula, right? And Russell Wilson at that time was a revelation in terms of for his, he was a third round pick who came in, uh, usurped the job from Matt Flynn, who was the big offseason free agency acquisition that gave them tremendous cap flexibility to keep that defense together. Yeah. There were all the good reasons for them to win, right? But in the background, there was this idea that the team that next year was becoming Russ's team. He was becoming the engine. He was becoming the reason that they were going to win football games. And he was going to be the face of the franchise. And he was going to be the, the focal point of the franchise going forward. So when Pete says there was no agenda on the play, I will take his word for it in the sense when he says 11, that's 11 personnel. That's yeah. a running back and one tight end. When I'll take his word for it, that they were calling a play and I'll take his word for it for this reason. Remember, the reason Malcolm Butler made the play is because Bill Belichick had scouted the play. And when he says they've practiced it a million times, they also ran it a million times. Belichick knew that what happens from there happens. So it is, it's not like they, I don't think they went out of their way to say, I want Russ to be the hero. I think they ran a play that they regularly ran and Belichick scouted, Butler makes the play, we're on our way. But when he says it went dark from there, the defense had rightfully, and Marshawn Lynch had rightfully pointed out, hey, we've won a certain way for a certain reason because of the way that we played. Mm-hmm. We, and while Russ has been a revelation, Russ has been great, it's been in the context of the team. And I think there was, an, and it, there was a splintering effect there that you saw because they never got back to the Super Bowl. Well, they admitted it. Yeah, and it, it's beca- it has become more explained. Mm-hmm. But the last time I ever actually talked to Russell Wilson... He did a camp right after that Super Bowl. Yeah, I remember. That spring in Raleigh. And I, I asked him, I'm like, did you think, did you think they called the play for you to be the one to win the game, to put you in the situation, to be in the spotlight? And in, in perfect Russ fashion, he completely ignored the question and didn't answer the question. But because of his mindset, is mm-hmm. not that's not how his mindset is. But the truth of the matter is, and my thought process was, they're doing this to position Russ. And to make him look better. So when he says it was no agenda, I get that. I could see that. But the truth of the matter is, the reality of it is that's how the defense interpreted it. That's how Marshawn interpreted it. And it broke the team. It broke what could have been a dynasty. Because you were there for 43 to 8 mm-hmm. in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a strong, a strong that, team. That, no, no, no. That was not. That Denver offense... Was oh, one of the best it, in the history of the league, and it and they completely embarrassed them. And one of the best in the history of the league, yes. and that wasn't Peyton Manning's broken carcass no. winning, helping limping. You no, know, that Super was, Bowl fifty. That was that, that was, was the, the Denver peak of his defense. Denver power. That was the Denver right? defense doing that to the Carolina Panthers yeah. in Super Bowl fifty. So I, I, again, that's fascinating. I love all of that because uh, again, adds context to the history and a lot of the things we've talked about with the myth of Russell Wilson, this is part of the myth of Russell Wilson. It's also where you've seen up until that point in his life, everything was peaches and cream, man. Everything. It's gone downhill from there. We're moving on. So we mentioned the, the home field swag that we're sending to intern Cal. You can get your own home field gear. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code OG23 to get 15% off your first order. 
Um, oh, Homefield's got all sorts of great throwback collegiate apparel, uh, vintage inspired stuff, like legit old colorways and designs to get you ready for the upcoming football season. They got new stuff dropping all the time. Get the app. That way you can keep the up app. to date with what's, what's going on at Homefield. Some Home additional great stuff. savings there too with the app. Yep. It's all great stuff. They have those. I'm going to get you a Florida State jacket. I think that might be your. Uh, no. Your Christmas gift. Absolutely just not. I'll never your, wear it. Your dad's face when you put the Florida State jacket on. I'll wear it just as many times as that golf hat you got me. Uh, <laughs> big thanks to Matt Davis home uh, from State Farm. Uh, check him out. You can go to theoginsurance.com. It'll take you to Matt's website. You can give him a call directly at 919-779-8277. An actual person to deal with your insurance. Yeah. What a concept. I'm Matt Davis, the insurance and financial services in Garner on Avisboro Road. And I love his billboard. It says, what if I want to actually talk to a person? Mm -hmm. Well, Matt and his crew are there for you. 919-779-8277. Or go to that wonderful redirect, theoginsurance.com. We'll get out of here on some Hey Joe questions. Check out Oakwood Pizza Box, oakwoodpizzabox.com. We're recording on a Thursday. They're open today, Joe. Wednesday through Sundays. Go check out Anthony, the best pizza, not only in Raleigh, but all in North Carolina. So I'll admit I went on a little bit of a rant yesterday about fall weddings. Yes. And I said, it's perfectly okay to get married in the fall. Technology in your plums. Sometimes you got to do that. I feel like with technology, people still act like it's 1985. It's not. Mm. It's amazing what you can do with phones these days, y'all. Stop being a boomer. Great moments in ACC history. Happen on your phone. The band is on the field. Sometimes it happens on your phone while you're at a wedding. Shout out to Jay who points out that Austin Cole's wedding was the same day. I believe that's the, uh, I believe that's the NC State South Carolina game. And there it is. They're at the wedding. Everybody's hanging out. Look what everybody's doing. Looking at their phones, drinking beer and wine and watching football. All good. It looks fine to me. It looks like everybody's having a great time. Austin did respond to that, by the way, via Twitter. And he points this out to Jay. Yeah, I was going to reach out earlier after today's podcast about that. Though it's completely possible to watch games. I can't say the bride was super psyched about it. She got over <laughs> it <you>. mostly <laughs> eventually. Uh, but that key line right there, she got over it mostly eventually, is how things are going to be for the rest of the marriage for both you and your spouse. You're going to have times you're like, yeah, fine, whatever. And then you move on. And every so often you bring it back up when uh, when you want to, you know, tease somebody or something like that. For instance, Charles points this out. Last time I watched a state Carolina football game at a reception of a wedding, my wife brings it up 17 years later. That's marriage. <laughs> That's marriage. Like, I, I really don't know how else to put it. Uh, we've got Sean uh, Koozies from our wedding show. My growth, not just football season, but rivalry weekend. Carolina lost to state in overtime. Groomsmen from UNC, Ole Miss, Oregon, Clemson, UVA, and Tech. Family from Penn State, Auburn, Michigan, and Notre Dame. Look at those Koozies. All the games that were played on a rivalry weekend. See, it's a memory. Rivalry weekend. State, wedding Maryland. weekend. Never get married during Generous. the football season. Sean, for 27 years. These are things that you remember. Y'all are making my point for me. I appreciate that. I really do. Uh, there's another response from yesterday's show from our friend Joe Wagstaff. As a state fan who got married Final Four weekend, I never have to worry about a scheduling conflict for our anniversaries. I believe our friend JC is in the same boat. He picked a great weekend. Although his argument is NC State Law of the Wolf, NC State shit, and JC shit will combine for... NC State to be in the final four. Uh, got married on 915. We had a projector showing NC State South Alabama game at our reception. See, these are things that people will remember, man. 
And we'll close out on this because I thought it was great that Chris gets alerts on YouTube. It's perfect. It's okay to have fall weddings during football season. Notification center from uh, YouTube. And here's Chris. Celebrated 17 years on 819. Engaged in May. Married in August. Before football season. On on purpose. purpose. You do you, man. You do you. Y'all enjoy your weekend. We will see you Monday to break down week zero. And maybe have a bloated ACC conference to talk about. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.